0: We're talking men's midlife crisis through the remainder of this hour. Our special guest is Carl Faze, and he's the presenter of what you'll be very familiar with if you're a regular listener here to Vision, The Daily Nudge. You can hear that on radio and, of course, face-to-face, the television program on the 10 Network and the Australian Christian Channel. He's also the senior pastor of the Guymea Baptist Church in Sydney, and has come up with some fabulous DVD series over the years. One of those was called The Men's Series. His latest one is called Towards Belief. We're not talking so much about that series today. But when we were discussing a topic of men's midlife crisis... Just needed to get in touch with Carl and invite him to be our guest on 2020 today. And so let's uh, have a chat. Carl Faze, welcome to 2020. Uh, It's great to be with you, Neil. It's good to hear
1: that uh, I'm with you because... Uh, of the men's series rather than you think that I'm in midlife crisis.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you about your own experience. <laughs> have you? Let, let's let's start with that. Have you experienced any of those sorts of symptoms, I guess oh. you could say, uh, you know, going through middle years? And I want to talk about when we get some parameters on that too. When does it start? When does it finish? But do you have your own experience? Oh, look, I, I think I wouldn't say it was a crisis. And I think that um, any listener... Uh, who are with
1: us who are with us today would recognize that um, as some people say there's a difference between crisis and stresses um, And i think uh, i certainly you know you notice your age last year neil i had two of my children had children so i'm a grandparent twice over now now that's that's a sort of mild crisis <laughs> and you suddenly get to that point where you think wow This this is uh this is you're moving on in life, and so that really help really makes you even if you don't want to, kind of reassess uh, where you're up to, what you're doing, and, and kind of what the future looks
0: like. Is there a sense, Carl, in which uh, you might not recognise a midlife crisis unless you go through something that gives you uh, something of a, you know, like you, you're copping a bit of a, a a hard time, maybe you've lost a job, you lose a partner, you go through all sorts of challenges with your own family, those sorts of things can trigger a midlife crisis? Is that the sort of thing that typically happens?
1: I, look, I think so, and, I, and I, I think Australian men are very good at denying denial <laughs> and so we can deny almost anything that's happening to us It's why none of us go to the doctor it's why we don't talk to friends we it's why we kind of self-medicate in all sorts of different ways and it is often it is often some sort of event that that brings it on and as you just listed there's any number of things that that occur in our lives where we we're kind of brought up short and ask so what does the future look like
0: There's also the question as to whether it's just men that have a midlife crisis and whether women have as well because there was just a a study recently uh, on people from various continents around the world and it's quite an extensive study that discovered that when you hit 40 uh, and this is for both men and women that there can be a time where you sort of slip into a period of unhappiness, and that lasts for around one or two years. It seems to me that that's not necessarily the fullness of a midlife crisis that I'm uh, were thinking of, but but that's an interesting thing, isn't it? That r- around that age of forty.
1: Yes, it is, and, and they, they kind of uh, one of the questions you were uh, at before about how long does this, how, when is it, you know, and and there they, there seems to be. A reflection that it's somewhere between forty and sixty. So that's the the space. And I, like, um, they don't talk about midlife crisis for women much, and yet women have a high percentage of depression and and uh, and struggle with with self image. It would seem um, from all that you read and all that you see. Uh, and I think in some ways it's probably slightly more marked for women because uh, our community, our society. Um, worships youth and certainly worships as it were the image of the young woman and your average mum who's had a couple of kids you know can't look like that forever and many struggle with that whole personal image thing now i think for men that's becoming more and more an issue as you got magazines like men's health with you know uh young guys looking very cut and buff on the, the cover of these magazines and so you've got the same sort of issue for men but i think it's way more marked for women and and therefore it possibly comes on a little bit earlier and possibly shows itself in different ways.
0: Well, I want to invite our listeners to be a part of our conversation today, Carl. And the invitation is there if you'd like to call and be a part of our conversation. 1-800-880-876 is our number. 1-800-880-876. Was there a time when you experienced a midlife crisis in your life? And uh, what sort of advice were you given? Or perhaps you know someone who was going through some of those things that you might uh, categorise as a midlife crisis. What was the sort of advice that you perhaps gave in helping them have a strategy to overcome those times of unhappiness and the other challenges that a midlife crisis brings? You can call us, be a part of our conversation today on 1-800-880-876, 1-800-880-876. Carl, as we talk about the midlife crisis, uh, let's talk about some of those things that might signify that you are having a midlife crisis or those things that might indicate that there's some challenges ahead let's talk about aging Uh, is aging a big issue for men you you talked about uh, women you know changing uh, and perhaps having an earlier crisis but let's talk about aging for men how significant is it that we sometimes get a bit concerned about growing older
1: yeah, I think it's it's the, uh, you know, there's mirrors everywhere, and every time you look in one, you, you're reminded of, of your age, and I think it's that you can't quite do what you used to do, and uh, I I think uh, perhaps for all of us, Neil, so for some of us, it just, maybe all of us, or for some of us, it, it tends to sneak up on us a little, you know, we just go through life, we... You know, a lot of guys aren't exercising a lot, um, and then they they try and do something that they've been doing for years, and all of a sudden it's just not possible. And so that that the kind of aging body, which is just such a normal part of life, it's just that total normality, and it's 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 the pressure of not looking like you used to, not being able to act or do things that you used to do, and there's almost a sense of loss and grief in that because you can't get it back. You know, you you know you, you can't sort of turn back the, the, the clock. You, you, you're not able to reinvent yourself as a 21-year-old again. And, and in, if you put a lot of stock in that for you, then that becomes uh, a real sense of loss.
0: So when we're in our younger years, there's a lot of idealism about us when we're younger, and we do have dreams, we do have expectations. And when we get to a point where we realise that some of those expectations, or perhaps, uh, you know, in the worst-case scenario, uh, all of our expectations may never really be achieved in the way that we once dreamed.
1: Look, I think, Neil, that's always been a problem with humanity. But I think now it's... it's, And for the next generations coming through, it's going to be an enormous issue. Uh, And part of it is the narcissistic nature of our community, and part of it is parents telling their children you can be and do anything. Every kid's special these days. Every, kid's, every kid can do whatever their parents believe that they can do. And we end up a kind of believing that, that, as it were, myth about ourselves, that we can achieve anything we set our mind to. Now, I think there's a certain truth that we can probably do more than we think we can. You know, I think there's a, a, a possibility thinking that says, look, if you really stretch and have a go and really focus, you can probably do more than you think you can. But you can't... Uh, the great truth that we're not all going to be the Prime Minister, we're not all going to represent Australia for the cricket team, the, rug, the rugby league team, we're not all going to be Olympians. And, um, and when, when we're told young in younger years that you can do anything you set your mind to, the, the the kind of position where you get, where you sort of have to go, you know, I have to let go of that dream, that is actually not going to happen. Now, again, like, like your body, when you... Your body's just not going to respond in the way it used to. There's a kind of deep sense of loss and grief. And if you've bought the myth that you're a superstar and you can do anything you like, at the point where you get past denial and recognize that you're not going to do it all, at that point, there's a real sense of loss.
0: Well, we're inviting listeners to contribute to our conversation. Our number is 1-800-880-876. You might like to join in and talk with Carl and myself. Uh, Is there a time when you experienced a midlife crisis and what advice were you given at the time? You can call us on 1-800-880-876. We're going to go to a break in just a moment, Carl, but just before we do, to pick up on some of the caricatures of the midlife crisis, uh, what we're Talking about actually is really serious stuff. Really, Mm. Uh, we're talking about grief through times in our lives and what brings that grief on. But you know, those caricatures uh, you know, you hit 40 and all of a sudden. uh, you're uh, opening the neck of your shirt and uh, revealing more of your chest and a little extra. You know the old caricatures with the gold well, chains. Well,
1: these, days, these days, you go out and get a tattoo.
0: Ah, the tattoo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about the sports car? Has that gone uh, out of fashion?
1: No, I think I think that's still in fashion. I think people, you know, go and get a hairpiece, go and get uh, hair transplants, or uh, change the colour of their hair. Uh, it, it's it's all of those it's all of those things that basically hold at bay. What it is that you, you you're aiming at, you know, and sadly, I mean, there are caricatures around, and I mean, while while those things that we've talked about—a car, new hair, different fashions—you know, all of those sorts of things are sort of light and funny. But sometimes, you know, it's the younger girlfriend, it's the it's the affair, it's it's uh, the really destructive behaviours, and th- though that end of it is the really dangerous, sad. Um, and destructive end of it.
0: Well, your opportunity to be a part of our conversation, why don't you give us a call on 1 800. 880-876 and tell us about a time when you were going through some challenges that we might call a midlife crisis and how you dealt with it. You can call us 1-800-880-876 Our special guest is Carl Fays who of course presented the Men's Series and one of those segments included uh, detail all about a midlife crisis. We're talking about midlife crisis today. It's Neil with you on 2020 your opportunity to be a part of our conversation this hour. We're talking about the midlife crisis. Uh, Perhaps you're thinking, well, you know, men might be the topic of our conversation today, but women go through equally the same sorts of challenges. You can contribute, let us know what you think. Perhaps there's a time you can remember uh, when you went through a midlife crisis or there might be a question or a comment that you might have if you are concerned about what the future might hold for you when it comes to midlife crisis. Our special guest is Carl Fays. He presented the Men's Series and part of that was tackling this issue of the midlife crisis. Carl, when we talk about midlife crisis, uh, we've already talked about some expertise expectations and things like that not met uh, the other really important aspect that could trigger a midlife crisis of course is health issues and mental health issues too
1: yeah it's a bit hard working out neil we, you know with chicken and egg on this you know is does the do the mental health issues uh create the crisis or is the fact that you go through several crises create a mental health issue and i'm and i'm not an expert on this and this is not my particular area but i think logic tells me that often what happens is if you know if you get stuck in your job if your relationship at home is not going well if you're not sure what the future holds if if you're you're suffering with grief that life is not what it what you thought it would be that brings on the whole mental health issue and you know depression and depression rates among men is is high and then when you when you multiply that out what happens is that for men many men are uh tragically getting to the point where they they're so low they can't see a reason to go forward and uh and and most people uh, most of our listeners would know that that the leading cause of death of men between the age of of, uh, 15 and 44 is actually suicide And, and back in 2010 which was a few years ago now But the highest rate was actually of men between the age of 35 and 49, which is right in the space that we're talking about. So I I think it it sort of interacts with itself. And one of the problems with men is we don't, you know, women, this is a terrible generalization. So I apologize now for generalization. But women tend to talk more naturally and openly and easily with friends and, and other women. Guys tend to want to come across like they've got it all together, they don't have any problems, and they don't often have a lot of good friends. And so... They don't talk about it very much. They don't get help. They don't go to the doctor, and it just exacerbates the problem.
0: The interesting thing here, Carl, is that uh, people who are a part of a local church, uh, in, I'm talking about men here, yep. uh, even though local churches don't always talk very openly about men's issues, but there are going to be times in your church experience when men's issues do come to the fore, whether it's a men's gathering or a men's camp or something like that, where you might be uncomfortable in the circumstance. Uh, being led into those conversations, but they are so useful and so helpful when they are raised.
1: Totally, and I I think that a church is a a, a really good space for men to have a a deeper relationship than just talking football or weather or the farm, Um, where you're actually talking about sort of issues of significance and issues of your own relationship with God bleeds into how you're going as a person. Many men are involved with some smaller groups or life groups or men's groups, And in those places, there's the opportunity just to kind of let your guard down and talk about it, which reminds men in churches to ask the question, how are your mates going? Uh, And and if you think they look a bit blue or they're not on top of life, you need to ask and you need to follow it up. And at least in those environments, uh, you know, it happens uh, that men share. In fact, I saw a funny comment that that talked about um, it was that that men are are mostly Honest between the third beer and the seventh beer. <laughs> After the third beer, they're relaxed to be honest. After the seventh, they're incoherent. Somewhere <laughs> in the middle there, there's an opportunity, and surely, surely we. We can do better
0: than that, Neil. Well, it is. that's right, uh, getting to a point where you can open up about those things. And I'm I'm sure probably at the men's night at your local church or the men's camp, there's probably not somewhere between the third beer and the seventh (laughs) beer to actually get into that. But one of the things that does happen, I guess, in church life is that there is a stable place of refuge when you're going through all these struggles in your own life. Uh, Perhaps uh, you've got more time on your hands, Uh, kids have left home, uh, some relationship struggles with your own marriage. Uh, But there's something that's stable about the local church, which gives you a point of reference where you can bounce things around and you can see what's right, what's true and what's not changing, even though the things in your life seem to be uh, completely uh, up in the air.
1: And it's also a place, all of those things, but it's also a place of service. You know, if you're doing if you're doing a job and a lot of guys men in this particular part of their life um, end up in a job that they've been doing for a few years you know that the kind of going back to the expectation thing we talked about Neil you have this expectation that you'll become the CEO you become the boss you'll move on in your career and not everybody can be the CEOs of their organizations and a lot of guys in this age bracket get a bit stuck in their job and they're bored they're bored with their job and they're bored with their life and and they kind of because men, classically, we put a lot of store in what we do, and what we do from a work perspective gives us a lot of meaning and purpose. What church does is is it actually gives you another space outside your work, outside your family, where you can serve, where you can give you, have your gifts and skills used. You can be there for other people. And that service can actually lift you out of, the, as it were, the doldrums. You don't serve just so that you feel good about yourself. But serving will actually change your view of the world. And I think serving builds relationships, serving builds honesty, serving builds a community. And in that space, you can have some great conversations and feel support. Not because you turn up and kind of feel sad sack, but you turn up to give what you can, which is going to help you anyway.
0: Carl, let's take a call from a listener. John is in Brunswick in Melbourne. Hello, John. Welcome to 2020.
2: I'm Neil. How are you?
0: I'm very well.
2: Not bad. You're doing a great job.
0: Thank you. And what's the your contribution to... Yeah. Thanks, John. What's your contribution was, today, John?
2: I was just going to say that most sizes are chasing sex and money. That's the culture today. Um, even in the church, in the you know, institutional church, that's what most people are chasing. You know, They just play a lot of religion. There's a lot of religious games played. True church is community. It's really about relationships. It's about a relationship with God and with people. And what we find in the church, unfortunately, you've got a lot of institutional leaders that are leading a lot of people astray and people aren't really in intimate relationships together and we're going to stop playing church and let's just try to be the church and love each other as God said and we don't have to turn up to church for 20 years to listen to someone preach to us when the Holy Spirit speaks to us directly and we can be in community and the body of Christ can work as one unit instead of having one or two people do all the talking and a few people watch the show.
0: John, I think you've cut John, through some things there. Uh, yes, Carl, uh, sex and money, thats uh, that cuts to the chase, doesn't it?
1: And materialism. It certainly does. And, and, um, and I mean, in the general community, that's, that's a huge issue. And one would hope that within the Christian community, uh, while we've got some bad examples, that, that's not the direction. I mean John makes a really good point about the fact that uh, churches are trying to do... I run a church, and you're trying to do what you do on a Sunday well, and you're trying to have a... a, a, a a kind of worship service as an event, as it were, that's helpful. The problem that we often get is that we become a show, and John's making a great point that church is not a show, it's a community. And sure, there might be a couple of people that need to lead a bit more, but when we reduce it to a performance, we actually lose what the church should be. And and John, um, you if I can assure you that every church leader I know struggles with that dilemma, and what we're trying to do is to help people come into a living relationship with God, with each other, and to use their gifts and their skills. The sad thing is we often fail.
0: I want to thank John for his call too, and we've lost him now. But uh, another thing that John uh, brought out, Carl, is, uh, is this idea that, uh, that somehow or other there's so many uh, pressures on men that are coming uh, from media and the way that men think about life. There's no alternative in a lot of people who are not part of a local church to know that there is an alternative culture that comes uh, with relationship with God.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the problems on that is just the whole issue of pornography. I mean, it's endemic in our community and it's endemic in our churches. And, the, and one, of the, one of the problems with, with guys, when their relationship's not working well, when they feel low, they're looking for a quick, easy hit that will give them a bit of a spark and they think that pornography is the option. You used to have to go down to a, a news agent and buy something in a brown paper bag, Neil, and drag it home and sit in a corner somewhere these days. You just turn your phone on and it's pushed at you. And so that's, and, and then, it, then it creates a culture about women are there to serve. They're not, your, they're not in a relationship with you. And, and uh, that's just one of those areas of our, of our community and our culture where men are being hurt enormously.
0: We're talking about men's midlife crisis. Our special guest is Carl Faze. He is the presenter of The Daily Nudge on radio and, of course, face-to-face, the television program on the 10 Network and the Australian Christian Channel, also the senior pastor of Gymea Baptist Church in Sydney, a fabulous series called The Men's Series, which you can actually get a hold of from ucbdirect.com.au. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. 2020 on Vision. Great to have you along with us today. It's Neil with you, Carl Faze, our guest. We're talking about men's midlife crisis. Carl, uh, we've been talking about some of those symptoms, some of the ways that men's midlife crisis affects men. Let's talk about some strategies. If someone says to you, Carl, what's the best thing to do to get through a midlife crisis? What's your immediate response?
1: Well, I think the immediate response for me is build your spiritual relationship. Find your, find your, who you are as a person in Jesus I know that sounds like a kind of trite answer, but I mean it deeply. One of the problems is that we we live in a community which is built on what we can do for ourselves, how we can perform, how we can kind of be a, a, a great person, not only in the family but in the community. And and the, the problem is that sort of self-made man is something that we all want to do. And yet the Bible tells us that our where we where we find ourselves is in a relationship with Jesus. And and You know, if you're listening to this and you're really struggling with your view of yourself and the world in the future, go back there to start. Build a foundation on there. the great news from the Bible is that we actually build our lives not on how we perform, which is the very men's way of doing stuff. It's by the grace of God. And there's nothing we can do to impress God. So start there would be great. I mean, let me add to that, though, going from something quite spiritual to something quite practical. Stop worshipping youth. You know, it's great that a 21-year-old looks fantastic, but, you know, they're not, they, don't, they don't have their life together. And when I hear people say, oh, you know, those school years are the best years of your life, I think you've got to have yourself on, surely. You know, they, they <laughs> might have been some good years for some people, but for most of us, they were dreadful. And I wouldn't go back there for anything. <laughs> no. And we, we kind of have this faulty memory that when we're in our teens and when we're in our 20s, life was fantastic. No, it wasn't. There was all sorts of dramas. You know, this point of your life is a great point of your life. It's a wonderful time. So stop looking back and and kind of going, I wish I was back there. Surely, seriously, nobody wants to be back there, Neil.
0: Always expect the best years of your life are still to come. Carl, Mm -hmm. uh, we'll continue to talk about some more strategies, but let's take another caller. Hilton from Kalgoorlie in WA. Hello, Hilton. Welcome to 2020. Hey, how you doing? Good. Hilton, what's your contribution to our conversation today?
2: Um... I find it very interesting because I'm at the moment 48 years myself um, and I'm just relating to some of the things you're talking about there and yeah and I I do recognise some of those things in my own life and um, thankfully I've got an awesome wife that keeps me grounded and helps me focus on who I am.
1: It's a daily struggle Hilton isn't it?
2: Yes it it definitely is. Um, especially uh, at this point in time when i look back and i i contemplate on what have i contributed to society or how am i what have what what are, what are the goals that i have uh reached that i've always wanted to reach and you get that impatience impatientness in, in, inside you that you're you've got you're losing time you've got to get there you've got to you know you've got to move on you know you've been sitting around too long doing nothing and um It it gets to that point where you start getting frustrated, and the danger there is that frustration can um, boil over into your family, into your relationships, and uh, that's one of the things that my wife has been really good at, um, keeping my feet grounded and and teaching me,
1: and um, it's been uh, something that's been really good. What a wonderful summary, Hilton. That's just a fabulous summary.
0: Look, when you mentioned you've got an awesome wife, Hilton, uh, I'll just uh, throw to Carl here in the sense that not everybody has an awesome wife, but there are people who are in our lives who are precious to us, those precious relationships. uh, We can build those if we're going through those times of struggle.
1: Absolutely. And let me just say to, to, to everybody, the, the problem is, you know, the vast majority of us have awesome wives. We just don't put any time into that relationship. Mm-hmm. And they go from being awesome wives to, to distant memories of a close relationship. And, and we end up living parallel lives like a train track mm. where we exist in the same world, but we never kind of touch. I don't mean physically, I mean emotionally. And while you can survive like that for a while, it's a terrible way to live and And so you know Hilton's given us a picture of being open to his wife and and i'm i 'm trusting I hear what he's saying is you 're open, Hilton, that your wife challenges you, and now all of us want our wives to tell us we 're fabulous and wonderful, and that's nice when they do, but they also need to challenge us and mm-hmm. that's a gift
2: yes, and my wife is very good at challenging me <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's
0: good
2: um well- but I also have good close friends within the church that yep. um, we get together every now and then, and we just sit down and we do we talk about cars, we talk about rugby league, we talk about all those other things that men talk about yep and we just sit down and have coffee and something to eat and be blokes together
1: yeah, and, and invest really in those well. relationships, which is what Neil was saying you know that there are outside of our wives there are other people, and we need to we need to allow them in and we need to. In allow uh, kind of invest in those relationships. Yeah. Hilton,
0: thank you so much for your contribution today. Great to have you as part of 2020.
1: No problem. Thank you
0: very much as we're talking about men's midlife crisis uh, there might still be an opportunity for you to contribute on one eight hundred eighty-eight 880 876 certainly some good stuff there from hilton in kalgoorlie carl uh, just being a part of his local church too gave him that opportunity to create those sort of best mate uh, relationships with his friends and where they can talk notice, about anything
1: you'll notice that, that, that he did talk about talking about cars and talking about football <laughs> yes. and talking about all that bloke stuff which is kind of helpful actually because it's what builds relationships I mean, I think sometimes, sometimes we've got to – we do talk about talking about deeper issues. But if you meet a guy and in your first five minutes you're, t- you're telling him all about your deeper issues, he- he's not going st- to stay in that relationship very long mm. or the com- conversation. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the whole navigating, building a deeper relationship, and, and we need them.
0: Now, let's – we've got to rip through a few strategies here, things like finding what you are good at. Uh, yeah,
1: that's that's really important because I think sometimes we get in jobs and, and they they kind of pay the bills, but they're not actually where our passion lies. And I, I think one of the things we need to find is that that little space that exists somewhere between the things that we're naturally good at, where we see need, and where our passion lies. And if we can find the kind of little space in the middle there, that's a great place to spend your energy. Now, if you can do that in your work, that's fantastic. But a lot of people don't but it's one of those things that don't give up looking for where can you use your gifts and your passions and your skills in the community potentially through your church or potentially through another organization one of the guys I work with here a great guy got a couple of girls and yet and these girls are, um, are very keen on soccer he's managing the soccer team and he's loving it he, he knows more statistics about uh, his girls' soccer than than I've ever known about anything. You know? But it's just a natural part of who he is, and he loves it. And it's it's with his kids. It's in the community. It's using where his passion is, and whatever it is, you know, if your kids are too old for that, find something else. But find a place where you can use use something that you feel you have to offer that really gets you out of bed and, and keen to get involved.
0: And, Carl, coming back to a spiritual foundation, an important point here, when we have a relationship with God and a place there in our local church, we have an alternative way of being defined, whereas we're often defined by what we're seeing in the media and uh, those things which are crippling so many men. But defining ourselves according to what God sees in us is a way to uh, be able to safeguard against some of these crisis points.
1: Yeah, because blokes are very kind of concrete, you know. I mean, seriously, concrete as in a concrete house, as a car, as in your position, it's almost like we gather things around us, um, you know, as trophies to demonstrate that we're doing well, which is the classic guy in his 50s with the, you know, the blonde bombshell girlfriend, wife, because it's just another trophy. And you define yourself by what you own. It's going to fail. Eventually, it's going to fail because it'll never be enough. And that's where the grace of God, knowing that you're loved by God, created by God in relationship with him, building relationships with other people around you helps break being defined by what you own
0: and of course then becoming comfortable with who you are and not struggling all the time and of course if you do struggle uh, getting some help
1: yeah you know it takes a long time to get comfortable with who you are you know it's that whole we tend to look at everybody else around us and we think oh we should be more like john and we should be more more like jason over there and gosh i really ought to have conversations like peter because that's the right and and all we spent all of our lives comparing ourselves and in competition with other blokes, saying we should be like them. You know, every one of us, biblical idea and a a great truth, every one of us has something unique to offer, and we need to be just comfortable with that. Yeah, we all have struggles, but so does Jason and Peter and John. Everybody has struggles. We just don't know about them. But if you're comfortable with who you are... You'll be good at some things and not so good at others. Rather than struggling all the time to be somebody that you're not, you are struggling to get some help
0: great to have you on 2020 today talking about men's midlife crisis people can get a hold of your men's series at ucbdirect.com.au and listen out for Carl on the Daily Nudge, Uh, keep your eye out for face to face. Carl, just great having you on 2020, let's do this again sometime. Thanks very much for being with us today Pleasure Neil, thank you
1: Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au and remember, Vision is listener supported your donation of any amount Will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.